it's time for the Kitchen Garden segment on Real World Gardener. On the line, I've got Tony Salter, the veggie lady. How are you today, Tony? Thank you for joining me. Hi, Marianne. Great to be back again. Indeed. And today we're going to be talking about the love it or hate it herb, which is coriander or coriandrum sativum. So um, you obviously love it, Tony. I certainly do. And it's one of those polarizing plants. Uh, Like you say, you either love it and can't get enough of it, or you just hate it with a a vengeance. So uh, some people know it as coriander. Some people know it as cilantro. Yeah, apparently in America, they call coriander the seeds and cilantro the leaf. They differentiate the two things. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I think that most people in Australia would think of it as coriander. Definitely. We are much more uh, familiar with the term coriander than cilantro. Yeah. It belongs in the carrot family. So that doesn't surprise me because it does look like a bit like carrot tops, doesn't it? Oh, look, it could be quite confusing in the garden because it looks like a few different things. I remember sending my son out uh, to get some coriander and uh, and he came back with the parsley, the flat leaf parsley. So very similar in, in size and shape. Um, but as soon as you smell it, you know what you've got. That's true. It's very distinctive, very different from parsley. That's for sure. Definitely. And if you're a lover of Asian cuisine, then I think... Coriander goes part and parcel with any sort of Asian cuisine. Often asked a lot, and especially in green curry paste, a lot of coriander in that one. Yeah, that's right. And so many people get disappointed because they they want to grow it in their garden at home. And uh, and as soon as they try, they run into a lot of problems. And one of the common problems that I face uh, with people trying to grow it is that they're expecting it to do something that it's not supposed to do. They get awfully disappointed because it's such a short-lived plant. We buy it in the shops and it's already at its peak and so we bring it home from uh from the supermarket and think we're going to be able to to maybe grow it from the pot that's that we've bought it at the supermarket in and we get disappointed because it's already at its peak and we think it's going to last us months and months and months but it won't it's only a short-lived plant so i always tell people only expect it to live for a couple of months and then you won't be disappointed. What I do to get around that is to sow seed every month of the year and then you've got that succession planting happening and even if it's only going to last you two or three months, then you've always got a good supply of coriander. That's true. Actually, a lot of people that I've spoken with have trouble germinating coriander and I suggest to them to soak the seeds first because they are quite large, woody sort of seeds. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't tend to to soak the seed, but I do know people who have done that and they've had a lot better success with that. So that's probably a really good tip to to follow. So it'll get them germinating a little bit quicker if you soak them beforehand. Right. Actually, I've got an interesting anecdote. The uh, Greek word chorus from which coriander gets derived means bed bug apparently when you crush the seeds up they smell like a crushed bed bug but oh. I wouldn't know because I've never had bed bugs but there you go 
Well, he's hoping that uh, none of our listeners have uh, had the experience of crushed bed bugs. <laughs> I know, no. And now it's very timely to actually start sowing the seeds because the beginning of a spring, perfect time, pretty much everywhere yeah. in Australia. Yeah, that's right. Look, I, I tend to call uh, coriander the um, the prima donna of the herb world because there just never seems to be the perfect time for it. Uh, being such a short-lived plant, it, it comes and shines on the stage for, for yet a moment and then it's gone um, and it bolts to seed in, in cold weather, it bolts to seed in, in hot weather, it bolts to seed if you transplant it. So it's quite quite a fickle plant and that's why I think people often get disappointed with it so not only do we sow the seed regularly I like to sow the seed directly where it's going to go because it really dislikes having that transplant shock. Yes that's true now you mentioned getting coriander from the supermarket and little punnets and they're like thickly sowed there's quite a few and the temptation is really great to like oh let's just pick out a few and put them in the garden but that's when they startlingly oh don't like that I'm going to send up flowers and go into seed straight away. Yeah, that's right. So what I do is I might sow it quite thickly like that, but I'll sow it directly into the pot or the position in the garden that I'm going to keep it in for the entirety of its growing life. Yeah, that's true. And bugs don't seem to like the smell of coriander, so it's probably a good thing to have around other plants that bugs like. For example, grasshoppers, they they don't like coriander so put them near your spinach if you've got grasshoppers definitely and that's a good point because uh, it grows well in our veggie patch coriander is one of those plants that really likes good fertile soil so when you're preparing your veggie patch um, to be able to grow your coriander next to your uh, your other veggies will really do do the the job for you because it likes to have enriched soil, putting in some worm castings, putting in some compost and improving the soil like that will really go a long way in improving the success rate of your coriander. And it'll extend the life of it a little bit as well. Yes, I was about to say when you, you mentioned improving the soil or having good soil, if you grow it in lean soil or say it's a little bit sandy and you don't do the fertilising, that's another reason why it sends up a flower Yeah, definitely. As soon as it gets moisture stressed or nutrients stressed, then it's just a a trigger for it to bolt straight away. Yeah, that's true. And would you recommend then when you are growing it successfully to just take the few, few tops off and let it keep going that way or...? When I grow it, I'll, oh, sorry, when I harvest it, I'll take the outer leaves and, uh, and try and keep it growing well and, uh, and keep that middle part of the plant producing more leaves. So it'll keep doing that for as long as you've got fairly consistent temperatures, fairly consistent moisture, but as soon as you've got any, any variation in that, it'll start to bolt. 
So trying to keep it in that vegetative state and giving it a good supply of nutrients, even liquid feeding it regularly throughout that, that growing period just helps to maintain the, uh, the production of the leaves. So just take those bigger outer leaves um, and take it right off at the base so you haven't got any of those, those stems, stems sticking out. Yep. Yeah. I was wondering if, have you ever let one go to seed on purpose and then have found that it actually self-sows? I always let it go to seed. Um, and um, although I, I haven't so much as found that it's self-seeded in the garden because I always collect the seed. So I don't allow it to fall on the garden. Um, I do that because it always produces viable seed. So I guess if you had the right sort of conditions and let it just uh, fall to the ground where it was, then I think you'd probably have some success with that. But I like to have mine a little bit more directed. Uh, being the control freak that I am, <laughs> I like to be able to be in, in control and in charge of where I'm going to plant it and when I'm going to plant it. So I tend to collect the seed, let it go to seed because the flower will actually attract a lot of those beneficial insects into the garden. Uh, so it's a terrific one to have while it's flowering as well as collecting seed as well as growing it for for the herb leaf itself now collecting the seed make sure it uh, you leave the seed to go brown and crispy before you harvest it um, and then let it dry out completely and then you can sow that seed directly into into the ground have you stored the seed for any length of time or do you immediately re-sow it I I will save it from season to season and uh, and sometimes I've got excess seed and you can then just crush those seeds and uh, and use it as your um, coriander spice. That's true. That's true. Coriander spice, especially in Indian cooking. I use so much of it. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We often think of it being gardeners. We think of seed and uh, and sowing it into the into the, the ground or into punnets, but we forget that we can actually use the seed as well as the leaf. Well, there we have it. That's all that exciting information about coriander, which you need to get going on with now. Once again, thanks for chatting with me, Tony, on Real World Gardener. You're welcome. Thanks, Marianne.